Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. This is the Bills Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, here's your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bills Wire editor, Nick Woten. Nick, what's going on, my man? How was the bye week for you? Um, a little bit more relaxing than usual uh, with the way that? that the Bills have made things this year, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, I got to take in some, some uh, neutral football, Ryan. Can I say it was a good bye week for the Bills, kind of? I mean, the Dolphins lose to the Broncos. The Patriots lose to the Texans. There was a chance that the Dolphins would be tied with the Bills coming into this week. That didn't happen. Even Tom Brady lost on Monday night, Nick. So, I don't think there's anything for Bills fans to really be upset about from how Week 11 went. You know, Ryan, give them their due. Now, the, the Jets only just got eliminated from the playoffs this weekend, so they also lost, too. You forgot about that. What what a freaking embarrassment of a franchise those Jets are. Oh, my gosh. But that's a real thing, right? I mean, the Bills' path to the AFC title is real. I saw you posted a little story on the Bills wire that the fans seem to have enjoyed about kind of predicting the rest of their games and, and what might happen there. But that was a big week for them. Like the Patriots kind of fallen off. I know you're not ready to write them off, but Nick, I've, I've written them off since the Bills beat them. I still, I've, I've been on that and I'm, I'm not, the Patriots are terrible. They're not a good football team. They lost to the freaking Texans. The only team the Texans have beat are the Jaguars. So, uh, and now, now the Patriots, the Patriots are terrible. They're a bad team. I guess we can we can thank the Broncos because the Broncos have been beating up on the AFC East all year. They've beaten the Jets, Dolphins, and Pats now. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite the Bills later on this season. Yeah, I, I think in terms of the Patriots, I'm a little bit more off of that. Um, I know I said a few weeks ago they're not dead. I don't think they're dead yet, but I think they're more dead than I previously said because that was a pretty bad loss for them. They've moved to the um, ICU, I think. Intensive yeah, care. They're not... The nurses are all around watching. They're on life support. Yeah, yeah, it's it's getting close to that. They gotta, you know, they don't. I don't. I think their schedule post Cardinals isn't as bad as some people think. But I mean, they'll have to win maybe four. They're exclude. Assuming they lose to the Cardinals next week, which they could still win. Their final five games, they got to win what four of them then. Um, maybe all of them, but um, and they have the Bills in there too. Yeah, uh, and then, then with the Dolphins, uh, they they really just kind of got exposed. It seemed uh, by by Denver there, um, you know, really living on their defense and special teams in recent weeks. And Tua didn't look too great there, and I thought he was taken out of the game. I, if anyone else was watching it live, the broadcast kind of uh, gave it the impression that uh, he was being yanked because of an injury. But then Brian Flores said after the game, no, he just stuck up the joint, so we wouldn't Brian Fitzpatrick. So and, hey. and Fitzpatrick helping out the Bills, right? You know, helping the Dolphins lose a, fo- a big football game with a late interception. So Bills fans, their love for Ryan Fitzpatrick as well has not changed, right? They were like, oh, baby, Fitz magic, baby. That, you had to love every second of that interception. That was huge. Yeah, I mean, I did parlay them, them to win that game. And in that parlay, <laughs> I, I went one for 
I, I, I went bold. I said, you know, I haven't done a four-team parlay once in my life, so let's do it. Four teams. And uh, I lost three out of four of them. <laughs> I picked, picked terribly. But I did do another two-team parlay, which won, so it kind of evened out my, my weekend last week um, between some football. I parlayed a football game and uh, an English Premier League soccer game. So <laughs> that, uh, that came in clutch uh, to make up for the mess. But, uh, yeah, uh, Fitzpatrick going in there with, you know, it's I, I would have laughed if I won, won the parlay because of Fitzpatrick, but in terms of the Bills, I, I of course know at the end of the day that that's exactly what uh, most folks who are listening uh, to us right now wanted to see. They don't care about my checkbook. And, <laughs> I was going uh, to say, Nick, do, do the soccer on your own time, all right? This is the Bills Wire podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They don't care about my, you know, my parlays and that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it was a big time interception for Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Bills. We, we've heard that one before in a variant, a variety of different uniforms, we'll say, over the years. So, so that's kind of my takeaway coming into this week, coming off the Bills bye week. It was a good week for the bills and i read your story nick on the bills wire about you kind of mapped out the rest of the bills games predicted them you have them at 11 wins i think 11 wins is guaranteed to win the afc east and i think you might have even been hard on the bills on a couple of these you know you had them losing to the patriots which i just i, I don't see the patriots beating the bills I, i'm sorry the patriots blow uh but <laughs> what do you what do you think about the schedule they do have left this home game against the chargers is Kind of fun with Justin Herbert. I want to talk about him a little bit more coming up next uh, later in the show because he is just a freaking stud. I, I love I love me some Justin Herbert. But home against the Chargers, uh, you know. Then you go on Monday Night Football to a 49ers team that's that is getting healthier. I think a primetime spot that'll be interesting. You come home and face the Steelers, who are undefeated. The Broncos, you got to play in Denver, and they've been just feasting on the AFC East. They can't beat anyone but AFC East teams this year, so that's interesting. Then, of course, you go to Foxborough, and then you get the Dolphins at home, which could be a big game. So it's not like this is like a cakewalk schedule for the Bills at all, right, Nick? And that's kind of what you were referring to in your article. Yeah, no, I think we're going to have some closer games than folks think. I mean, you look at the Chargers, and you see, you know, three and seven. But to your point, I mean, Justin Herbert looks like the rookie quarterback pick, which he's almost, if you're a Bills fan listening to it, uh, listening to this, what was Josh Allen? He was the third quarterback drafted in his draft class and might be the best of the group. And Justin Herbert, as of now, through 10 games, might be that. I mean, Gerald Burrow was, un- unfortunately, was having a pretty good season. Uh, Herbert was actually probably doing a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, you know, almost similar cases between those two young quarterbacks. That's actually news to me with the Broncos feasting on AFC East teams. I'm going to have to go change my game-by-game projections now. <laughs> the I didn't realize East, that just... They're not doing well in Denver either, right? The Patriots lose in Denver and the Dolphins lose in Denver. But the Broncos beat the Jets in New York with Brett Rippon as the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. See, speaking of my bets that no one cares about, I thought Drew Locke wasn't going to play in that game, so I bet against. I, I would have probably maybe switched up. But I was like, oh, there's no way the Dolphins are going to lose to this Brett whatever guy. And, of course, Drew Locke played. And then after a terrible start, just beat up on the on the Dolphins. But, um, yeah, and then that Steelers game is very interesting. The case I made in the in the story you're, you're referencing, Ryan, is, you know, the Bills kind of struggled with this defense last year. You got to expect that Mike Tomlin's going to bring out a, a similar similar kind of scheme that he had against Allen last year. The Bills did win that game 17-10, to 10, and it was also on primetime. I think it was like a Saturday game, though. Which, speaking of the Broncos, a lot of speculation that the Bills and Broncos are going to be flexed into that, like, weird Saturday primetime game they've done over the past uh yeah. Yeah. past couple of years you know so yep. and if they do if they do do that and then 
they flex the Bills Dolphins into four o'clock or something like that uh, because of playoff implications in, in week 17. Uh, the Bills, this might be their last 1 p.m. game for the rest of the year, which is very odd for us uh, in Buffalo. <laughs> They're usually always that 1 p.m. game that like nobody really cares about uh, with two decades of not making the playoffs. But uh, yeah, that Steelers game, I think that's going to be a loss just because, not even just because they're undefeated. I, I even mentioned the piece. The Steelers team does not seem like a, a stud undefeated teams we've seen in the past. You think of the Patriots and their run to the Super Bowl against the Giants. But last year, the Steelers almost beat them with their third string quarterback. Now they have been Big Ben, so it's hard for me to pick against the Steelers. And then just something about the this is like the speaking of two decades, Ryan. Just you you, you come to the Patriots. No, and you're this just is like, ingrained in all Buffalo fans. Like this is ingrained in your like every cell of your body. So go on. I, yeah, I know where I know where you're going with this. It's just like there's no way they're gonna beat Bill Belichick twice in a season, right? So and it just seems like like I said before when me and you kind of you know tongue and cheek back and forth are the Patriots dead or not? You know I always say well it's a week to week league, right? I feel like there's got to be a loss in the final six games that Bills fans just kind of didn't see coming. I think it's too easy to just pick them to win, you know, every game except the, the one against the undefeated team, right? So I, I was like, I got to find something in here. And the, the, the thing that just glared out at me looking at the schedule, I'm like, the Patriots, come on. Like, the Bills can't beat them twice in a year, right? Like, that doesn't happen. They can when they're they're this much better than them. The Patriots blow. They're four and six, Nick. I, how many times yeah. have I got to tell you? They're just not good. They're not good. They almost lost to the freaking Jets. The Jets cheated to to lose the game to the Patriots. That's how bad the Patriots are. But actually, you brought up you brought up Drew Locke. I want to talk about more about that. But you brought up Drew Locke, and there's an interesting thing going on. I know this is a game's a couple weeks away, but just kind of bear with me for a minute. There's a, a commentary out in Denver and the media cartel out there, the Broncos media cartel, about Drew Locke and Josh Allen. And I want to talk about that coming up next. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends in a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from TheHuddle.com. Corey Bonini with TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays entering week 12. New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones returns from his bye week to face a team that is emotionally deflated after losing quarterback Joe Burrow. The Bengals have given up three 30-plus point games in the last five weeks and one that was nearly 22 points. This matchup is 32.3% better than the league average over the last five weeks, and it offers Jones a chance to redeem himself after what has been pretty much a horrid second year. Gamers will have to act fast on this one because it's a Thanksgiving Day game. Baltimore Ravens running back Gus Edwards is in line to see the bulk of the touches after J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram were placed on the COVID-19 list. The upside for Edwards is he faces a team that allowed 16 carries, 87 yards, and a touchdown to him in Week 8. The downside is Pittsburgh's been pretty good against running backs all year long. Anytime you have a guy who has an opportunity for the lion's share of work, it's worth getting him into the lineup. Indianapolis Colts rookie wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. versus the Tennessee Titans. These teams met in Week 10, and Pittman posted 7 catches, 101 yards, but he didn't find the end zone. He did make it into the end zone last week, however, for his first pro touchdown. Pittman has averaged 6 targets in the last three games and he's produced wide receiver three or flex territory numbers. He's only getting more comfortable in the offense and now he has one of the finest matchups of the year facing him in week 12. Minnesota Vikings tight end Irv Smith Jr. faces the Carolina Panthers. Prior to suffering a groin injury a couple weeks ago, he was on the right track and was heating up. Now he gets a chance to rebound facing one of the worst defenses of his position. Carolina has given up seven different performances of at least 10 PPR points in the last six games against tight ends and all five of the touchdowns allowed this year have come in the last eight contests. Smith is risky but there's plenty of upside to be found here. For all of your fantasy football tips, information, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, 
human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Nick, you brought up Drew Locke a little while ago about how he uh, screwed up one of your bets on Sunday. I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, and, uh, you know, this, the Broncos are on the Bills' schedule here coming up uh, after that Steelers game. This, that's the game in Denver. So going back to what we were talking about before the break there, you talked about a loss that maybe people don't see coming in Buffalo. I think that game at mile high, that could be a loss that people don't see coming. So I would maybe switch those. I might say the Bills might have a surprising loss in Denver because for some reason the AFC East can't beat Denver this year, but they're going to go to Foxborough and beat the Patriots, the crappy, horrible Patriots who are done cooked toast. But anyway, uh, the, uh, the uh, media cartel out in Denver, there's two sides to it. There's a side that loves Drew Locke and thinks he's the next coming and he's the franchise guy for the Broncos. And there's the other side, like me, who think Drew Locke is terrible and can't stand watching him and thinks he's just not going to make it. And he's maybe a backup at best. His numbers certainly uh, you know, tell that story. But people like to comp him to Josh Allen, and I want to get your take on that. So obviously in Josh Allen's first six games as a quarterback for the Buffalo Bills when he was a rookie, it wasn't that great, right? He was like completing around 50% of his passes. I mean, he had games where he was throwing under 100 yards, right? I mean, people were wondering, like, can Josh Allen even play? And obviously now he's taking the jump and we're talking about him in the same breath as Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, and Pat Mahomes in the MVP race. That's, That's what we're talking about, Josh Allen, now. So do you think Drew Locke has a chance to be a Josh Allen type of trajectory? Or do you think that's just Denver Broncos fans wishing? Because that's how I feel. I feel Drew Locke kind of sucks. I don't like him. There's something about him I don't like. I think there was something about Josh Allen I always kind of liked. And I kind of put up with his struggles early on because I'm like, I think this kid has it. I don't think Drew Locke does have it. But people in Denver love to say, oh, no, Drew Locke is the next Josh Allen. You wait. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't see a ton of Drew Locke, but I've, I've always looked at his stats. I actually have a buddy of mine who's a a big uh, Broncos fan, actually. Uh, I'll give Jim a shout out now, even though there's no chance Jim's going to listen to this because he's a Broncos <laughs> fan. But uh, yeah, you know, he, he would say before the season, you know, oh, you know, Drew Locke, he's, he was what, maybe 6-0 and as a starter last year as a rookie, 5-0 and at the end of the year, something like that, 4-0 maybe even. It was just such a small sample size that now it's kind of dividing friction, I think, uh, from the outside looking in at Broncos fans because now Locke isn't undefeated as a starter. It was kind of like he came in at the end of last year and all of a sudden this year now there's film on him and that's kind of what I, my rebuttal would be to my buddy. It'll be, hey, there's film on this guy now. You know, the first couple of games of, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson, he's not the 2019 minute. I mean, he is the 2019 MVP, but, you know, he's not at that level anymore. It happens right. to a lot of quarterbacks or they get tape on him and all of a sudden, uh, and it's it's almost a little bit of a concern almost with Josh Allen that, you know, all of a sudden now he's this different, different guy. He throws the ball now, but I feel like we've seen a big enough sample size from him to where his tendencies and, and stuff like that, it's, it's been almost three seasons now. It's not, not been a handful of games like it has been with Locke. So I think there's just this fan division where you know some are hoping some are not hoping uh or not thinking and the, the big thing I, I i think you know bills fans can relate to this this guy named patrick mahomes uh the bills did get a great player out of their trade back with the chiefs they got Tradavius white an all pro cornerback he's 
even though he might not be at an all-pro level this year, guys aren't all-pros every season, but he's still a very good cornerback, very good lockdown number one guy. But a lot of folks compared Allen to Mahomes because the Bills could have had him. If you look at the 2018 draft, the Broncos, maybe the Jets, the Giants at number two, a lot of teams in the top six picks could have had Josh Allen. And he's, you know... Uh, aside from maybe Lamar Jackson right now, who I already referenced is kind of you know going down the tubes this year, the, the 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 Ravens really caught my attention when literally their quarterback said that defenses call out what the hell they're about to do before they're doing it, which is like not a good sign. Not not ideal, not ideal. We'll say that. Um, yeah, no. I, I mean, I think it's just a combination of a couple of those things. You're really hoping, and I mean, last year at this time, a lot of Bills fans are going, "I'm like, you know, we could have Pat Mahomes. We could have Pat Mahomes." Now they're saying Pat who? Yeah. So yeah. Um, maybe maybe not quite Pat who you know who Pat is you know he's, you know probably the best quarterback in the league and uh, I know Chris Sims last week released his top ten quarterbacks in the NFL Allen was number five and Holmes number one and you know almost when you get to that point you're splitting hairs when you get between these different tiers of quarterbacks and sure. I think just I think you're just you're, you're just seeing you know the the life of a, an NFL fan out in Mile High right now I mean the Broncos could have had. Allen and crazy enough that they didn't take Allen because you know John Elway just like looks at a guy and he's like how tall is he right like, like that's a hundred percent right yeah he wants a <laughs> giant white guy who's a, like a lumberjack kind of kind of yeah. he wants Brock Osweiler that's what he wants yeah 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 and I mean look at and Josh Allen was like a he was like a farmer too growing up like he grew up on a farm so like, it was like <laughs> what, was like, a whiff. what was yeah. yeah what a whiff by John Elway like that was perfect for him you and know you, you stole you stole my point you stole my point because it's like no 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 don't compare Drew Locke to Josh Allen when that's you just you just want Josh Allen you're just wishing you had Josh Allen and that's just not how this works sorry Denver Broncos fans that's just not how it works you don't get to yeah you don't get to say hey look Drew Locke blows look at his stats he sucks but look Josh Allen had horrible stats too and he's gonna be he, he could be the next Josh Allen like no 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 you're not allowed to do that you're not allowed to do yeah. that and honestly looking at Josh Allen you could see there was like a toughness to him, right? There was just a thing. There's, you looked at him and you're like, "All right, I'm going to give this kid a little bit of rope because I don't know. There's something there. There's something there, and let's let's let it play out." With Drew Locke, I don't think it's there, and, and Bills fans will see that when the Bills finally play the Broncos here in a few weeks. But yeah, yeah no, I just thought that was funny that commentary. Yeah, there's that, and there's just also even with you know Locke, you don't really see, at least to this point. I mean, you didn't see it with Allen last year either, but at this point. Allen literally has the analytics guys who just always have like a number to point to or some crap to point to. Even they're like, I don't know, man, he's good. And he wasn't supposed to be good. <laughs> like sure. like yep. that is, they're like, this is so rare that that ever happened that these numbers just spin around. So I think that like, you know, the, I mean, the chance that that happens again with Drew Locke in such a short amount of time seems kind of far fetched, but Hey, you know, I mean, as long as he did, Drew Locke doesn't stand in the you know the way of the Bills making the playoffs one of these years. Uh, you never know, but um, this year it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But I mean, best of luck to Drew Locke. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know about that. I'm not rooting. I'm not rooting for Drew Locke. I think he blows. Uh, I don't like him. I, he just doesn't pass <laughs> the eye test for me. So it sounds stupid, and anyone like beating the table for an- analytics is just going to like you know turn off their podcast now but please don't we're nice guys here um I, it just doesn't seem like you said it really the other point you made ryan it just doesn't seem like your lock had that like it factor right like alan would just will his way to some wins and, and just drew lock just you know he, he beat the dolphins that everyone kind of thought was i don't know about this team you know they're they're getting a blocked punt to win this game against this team this week and right, right. that and this you know it's just it, that didn't seem like an it win it just seemed like you know the two was terrible we're not sure if the broncos have their guy we know the bills have their guy i don't blame bills fans for loving josh allen more than pat mahomes i think it's a perfect fit just go all in and wear your heart on your sleeve nick buffalo nation just go for it do it but uh, the, the team... God forbid if they if they took Pat Mahomes and they saw this this character putting ketchup on like crazy food and stuff, man, 
Buffalo is so gung-ho about blue cheese on <laughs> wings and stuff. Like, man, they would lose there. So really, you know, hindsight 2020, this worked out. Yeah, but go so, ahead. 100%. <laughs> but I was going to say, the Bills got their guy. The Chargers have their guy, right? We think they the Chargers got it right with Justin Herbert. They haven't got a lot right this season. They're kind of a dumpster fire over there. They can't figure out how to win ball games. At least they could against the Jets last week. Everybody can because the Jets don't want to win. But Justin Herbert is a freaking stud. Nick and I will talk about him coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, happy Thanksgiving from Sportsbook Wire and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm Eston McLaren, joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 12 Monday Night Football game between the Seattle Seahawks and Philadelphia Eagles. The Seahawks come in on the road, minus 250 money line favorites. They're laying five points at minus 110 odds. The Eagles, plus 205 on the money line, plus five point dogs at home, minus 110 odds again, over under 51 and a half. Jeff, how are you feeling? Do the Eagles have any chance of keeping up with Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks? Nope. And you could talk the rest of the time. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm taking the Seahawks minus five. Uh, Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz are on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of performance. Um, Russell Wilson was flirting with an MVP run. Maybe not so much anymore. Carson Wentz leads the NFL in interceptions. It's all bad news over there in the city of brotherly love between Doug Peterson, um, the GM, Howie Roseman, and Carson Wentz. A lot of people are in trouble over there if they don't get this game in, or if they don't win this game, and I'll take the Seahawks minus five. Minus 110 odds for the Seahawks to win by at least six points. I'm going to parlay that with the over 51.5, minus 106 odds, so a little bit better value there. Seattle and the over 51.5 odds from BetMGM. Subscribe to BetSilvan Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Nick, in your article on the Build Wire, you did have... Buffalo beating the Chargers this week and you you did bring up some good points right like they've done fine against teams like the Chargers that have a really good quarterback really good offense but maybe not a great defense they did fine against the Seahawks did fine against the Cardinals some of these teams but let's gauge the chances of the Bills actually getting torched by Justin Herbert because Herbert's been torching everybody and the Bills defense hasn't exactly been great this could be one of those shootout kind of games couldn't it Herbert's on pace to shatter the NFL record for most touchdown passes by a rookie. The record is actually by Baker Mayfield, 27. Herbert already has 22. He's on pace for 37. And he's also on pace to break the completion record, the passing yardage record by Carson Wentz and Andrew Luck and all these guys. Like, he's a superstar, this kid. So what do you think about this matchup and going up against the uh, this kind of whirlwind uh, rookie here? Actually, at first, it's kind of a disappointing one because this is going to be the, the, the second coming of Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. I want you to know. <laughs> yeah, that is disappointing. Really- Good, good point. Good point. 
So no, no, no coming, no Tyrod Ty Taylor revenge game. I always thought Tyrod was a good guy, but you know, he, he, he obviously is a backup quarterback for a reason. I think he's a great backup quarterback to have, but he kind of just, just never had that, dare I say, Josh Allen, it's factor. He never just got, got it over the line in the end. I mean, he did get the Bills to the playoffs that one year, but um, you know, I think they lost like what, six to three or something in that awful game against the Jaguars, right, the right. worst playoff game in, in Yes, NFL I do. I remember that and I was like, woof. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was an ugly one. But um, yeah, Justin Herbert's really just defying a lot of things about him. Uh, you know, he was very much considered, you know, the the distant third best quarterback in this draft. And a lot of people were, were saying that the, the Chargers kind of maybe get settled for him. And hey, maybe they did. And sometimes you need a little luck for a guy to fall into your lap. But, uh, you know, they liked him for a reason. And uh, yeah, his passing touchdowns, it, it's just been crazy. You know, he set an NFL record, if you will, or like one of those. And I hate these things with baseball. It's like in baseball, they're like, you know, Ryan was the first guy to hit three home ones on a Saturday when the sun was at this angle. <laughs> yeah. They think of these stupid things. You That's know? definitely a baseball and, thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so dumb. But, I mean, it's kind of not that bad. But, you know, Herbert was the first rookie quarterback to have three three-plus touchdown games in five-game five stretch. He did that. And the only games he didn't have three touchdowns, he still had two. So to your point, the guy just scores. That's all he does is score out there. So the Bills, it just looks like they're going to be in a shootout. But, you know, they did lose the Cardinals. Of course, all of a sudden now Kyler Murray's not the MVP of the league after he I'm, – I'm sorry, I'm not – you know, I don't try to be a Bills homer at all, even though I'm from Buffalo. But I just fly. Blow. Go ahead. I was just blown away that he was in the MVP conversation after throwing up and completing a prayer pass. It was a prayer too. He didn't. Yeah, he just chucked it up. That was, was more like, than I was like, am I taking crazy pills right here? The guy just like threw a prayer no, up. Yeah. At the end get of the out of here on that. Get and out the of best here. receiver in the league came down with it. Now he's an MVP candidate. Of course, of course now all of a sudden he's not. Uh, wow, he's on the come, but that. he's not arrived. You know what I mean? Kyle no, yeah, I on the come. definitely think he's a good quarterback. I definitely think he's a great athlete. I, I just was like, you got to be kidding me with this. But the Bills, you know, they went toe-to-toe with, with that team. Uh, they they should have won the game. Seahawks beat the Seahawks. There was a big statement when, hey, the Rams just beat the Bucks last night on Monday Night Football. The Bills toe-to-toe with them, too, and all. So I think that this game just reads as, you know, your typical Bills game this year. I think their defense hopefully will get a little bit more rested. Uh, they, they kind of figured out over the last two weeks how the heck to use A.J. Klein. I think they were trying to use him a little bit too much like Matt Milano, where he's a perfect coverage guy and can't kind of put himself in the right place at the right time. Klein kind of has shown he can't do that, unfortunately. He, but they're sending him in at the quarterback all the time in the last two weeks, and he's doing really well at that. So I think the Bills have tinkered things a little bit with their defense. I don't think their defense is going to get into the top 10 at all or anything like that. Middle of the pack team still. But some positive signs on defense. And again, this is just the Bills have proven time and time again that they will will their way to victory against another strong offense. And that's just exactly how this one is reading. And as much as you want to say that the Bills secondary will shut down a rookie quarterback, uh, no one really has with, with this guy, even though they're three and seven. But like you said, he's going to blow the record out of the water for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and, and he will he'll check it down when he needs to. He'll take his shots when, he, when, they, when it's there. He's good, man. He'll throw it short. He'll throw it deep. He really stresses the defense, and uh, you know the Chargers, like you said, Nick, are three and seven. The Bills are seven and three at home. You'd think the Bills would be favored by quite a bit here. It's only five and a half, and I think that's the respect that Justin Herbert gives the Chargers. It, they, it really is. So not an easy walk in the park, but I do think at the end of the day, the Chargers really they don't know how to win. They've screwed up plenty of games late. They've had leads that they've blown. So even if the Chargers get ahead in this game because their offense is really good, and that's possible for sure, I think the Bills still find a way to win this one. 
I actually think they could win this one by a touchdown easily. So I kind of like the Bills at five and a half at home. Uh, but what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's, I think that's very fair. Um, you know, the, the Chargers really haven't been blown out at all this season. Uh, as you referenced, you know, one point loss, three point loss. I'm looking here right now, two, two overtime losses. Okay, I thought there was only one. So, yeah, I mean, they've kept things up. Uh, pretty close this year but really the bills just have the formula you know they, they have that offense that can keep up with an, an opposing offense that that's going to be strong and um you know the, the chargers have already sold off a piece or two on defense there you know they got rid of desmond king because they could get something for him uh, at the deadline and you know i i don't think they wanted to send the message that things aren't that they're they're shipping their season or anything like that but I think the, the the Chargers have kind of settled for hey you know we um, they they gave up 28 points to the Jets you know hey we, we need to we need to tinker things on defense but uh, once our backfield gets healthy we're gonna have a damn good one two complement coming on offense and and I think in the coming years in the AFC the Bills have, certainly have to be aware of the Chargers in the postseason but in terms of the division in terms of Sunday. That's not going to be a problem for the Bills, I don't think. Nick, I appreciate you, my man. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I know it's a little weird this year, but hopefully it's a good holiday for you and your family. All right, my man? Uh, I appreciate it. And I'm, I I will say, you know, um, Ryan, I've enjoyed doing this, but I'm going to thoroughly enjoy Thanksgiving this year because last year we got treated to a nice Josh Allen feast of the Cowboys. But we now did. I get to sit back, relax, and probably lose some bets. So that's going to be great Thanksgiving for me. You still get to enjoy some good <laughs> NFC East eating, though. No, no, no <laughs> doubt about it. Exactly, exactly, Ryan. All right, join us next week on the Bills Wire podcast. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.